0: Thank you, Lord. Father, we give you praise for your presence in this place. Thank you, Father, for your indwelling Holy Spirit who leads us into all of your truth. We thank you for Thank you, God, for giving us an understanding of our born-again experience, so that we can walk according to all that you have called us to do. Thank you for empowering us to grow in faith and in grace, and we give you praise for that. God, we thank you for these bodies that you've made whole, complete, and lacking nothing. God, we pray that if you find anything that's malfunctioning, let your healing virtue begin to flow now. Cause that which was wrong to be right. And we thank you for it. So we confess now that we are healed, we are delivered, and we are set free. Now God, we thank you for your indwelling Holy Spirit taking us into the presence now of our soon coming King. Let your kingdom come as your will be in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Worthy is the Lamb. Hallelujah. Thank you, yes. I'm going to... Uh, give you a scripture, but I may not get to it, but we'll give it to you anyway. Uh, In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, verse 6 says this, but I say uh, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And verse 8 says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Amen. We're still talking about grace-giving. This is grace-giving too. You can be seated. But before I go any further, it is First Tuesday, and uh, I gave you an assignment. (laughs) So tell me what the New Testament says about tithing. says to give generously, she said. So what does the Bible say about tithing? As far as New Testament. Testament. (laughs) (laughs) That's my answer, and I'm sticking with it. If the Bible is silent on tithing in the New Testament, why do we do it? Hmm. Okay. All right, let me say this. There's, there's one, one, one passage in the Bible that talks about tithing in the New Testament, but it's only telling you something about uh, uh, Melchizedek and his ministry as in Hebrews uh, chapter 7. But the, the, the information there comes from Genesis chapter 14, I think it is. I'm not sure. But at any rate, uh, when the Bible talks about tithing, tithing uh, preceded the law, first of all, because the law was given by Moses in Exodus, but tithing was given in Genesis when Abraham paid tithe to Melchizedek. So before there was a law that was tithing, and then uh, the law established tithing, and Leviticus, it talked about uh, uh, what the priests were to do, Exodus and Deuteronomy, they all talk about the duties of uh, the, the priesthood and how it's to be supported. Then we move to the New Testament after Malachi. Malachi says uh, that you bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And he says the reason for this is that there'll be meat. In other words, be provision in the house. So then what he said is that tithing is an institution under the law uh, carried over into the New Testament by the scribes and Pharisees. But then Jesus came and he said that he came to fulfill the law, which means that if you are fulfilling something, if it is complete, if it's done, it doesn't mean it's done away with. It means that it's complete and now you start to give in a different way. Y'all still with me? Mm -hmm. So he says then, Tithing would be the foundation. Grace giving is the building. So, even though the Bible says, as he has, has purposed in his heart to give, then what you give must be at least that, because the Bible says in Matthew, that unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, that you can't get into the kingdom. Y'all still with me? Does everybody understand this? All right. Whew. So then, why is tithing such a burden? <laughs> because what the Bible says uh, that in first. Corinthians, no. Go to Romans chapter 12 and verse 8. And the Bible says that the ability to give is by the grace of God. Amen? So if it's a grace gift, then when Paul says in uh, 2 Corinthians 8, that see that you continue in this grace. He is saying that when you give because of the grace of God, you have to give based on how God has prospered you. Prospered you means that you have to give more than the basic requirement. Whew. Now, if you're having trouble with the ten percent, you know the rest of us is a struggle. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's because what most of us do is, when we have a good meal, if it looks like the bill's going to be kind of high, we skip dessert. Okay, it's take, take you for, you know, just a minute now. So most people, uh, they don't get any dessert at all. Well, see, I was raised differently. In my house, we always had dessert. That's part of the meal. I know a lot of people that have dessert before they had a the meal. I asked somebody one time when they did that, I said, why are you eating the dessert first? He said, of course, I might get full. (laughs) 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 And I may not have room for it. So (laughs) first things first. (laughs) All right. So then when we talk about tithing, we're talking about what the law requires. When we talk about grace giving, We're talking about what God has empowered us to do. Not many people under the old covenant were empowered to do greater or exceedingly better than what the law required because they were strict adherents of the law. So then grace giving, according to the text today, is our motivation uh, (laughs) to, uh, to receive from God. It's not about giving, but it's, it's about receiving. So we give by the grace of God so that we can receive God's blessing. In other words, if I want God to bless me. Now, let me tell you about that before I go too far. When we say we want God to bless us, we're not talking about common grace. If you're satisfied, not starving, not being homeless, and only having one outfit to wear, you're still blessed if that's all you want. But that's just common grace. Most of you all want a little more than that. Are y'all? I'm just saying now, you, you may not, I don't know. So the Bible says that to many, this may be uh, a waste of time, you know, trying to to give money that we think is beyond our means. But the Bible says in our giving, we extend the influence of the kingdom. This is the principal reason that you give, because you extend the influence of the kingdom. Let me, me you extend the influence of the kingdom. In other words, uh, you will never be able to take the gospel any further than your house if you don't have shoes to go down the block. Huh? And if you can't go to the neighboring community and you, know, you don't have a car, you're going to holler across there, hey, Jesus loves you. In other words, we are a mobile society. We didn't just get that way. We were always that way. But the Bible says that we have to extend the kingdom. If you have been blessed and you understand the kingdom principles and you're living your best life, then you should be able to share that with somebody. Amen. And for most people, it takes money to share the gospel. Amen. Okay, y'all looking at me like that. No, 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 no. You know, if you're really going to witness to somebody, you need to be nice to them. Don't take me, you know, to, uh, to Hardee's to witness to me. Not there's anything wrong with hearties. I like hearties. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it's kind of hard for you to get, you know, my mind renewed if you're going to fill me up with grease. <laughs> now I'm going to need some healing by the time. <laughs> I'm teasing, but you understand what I'm saying. So it, it takes money. How What kind of witness is it when you say, uh, look, I'm going to take you to coffee. And when you get there, you say, uh, you, you got any money? Because you know what you're thinking. Well, I don't want no your Jesus. I can buy my own coffee. So it takes money to extend the kingdom. Uh-oh. But the Bible says this. It says, but in due time, it will be repaid in some way with an abundant increase. Look at what verse 8 says. It says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, that word always is in there, right? Having all sufficiency in all things. Amen? You might want to commit that one to memory. So the Bible goes on to say this, it says, the man who wishes to make the most out of his money for future use and personal comfort, kind of like that part, personal comfort, (laughs) will give liberally to deserving charities, just as the man who wishes to make the most of his grain will not let it uh, stay in the granary, but will commit the seed to fertile ground. Amen? Look at Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Now, notice what it says. Cast your bread on the waters, and you will find it after many days. You can't find it if it's still in your pocket. Well, maybe you can. (laughs) So this brings us to three things I want to share with you. I'm going to do this real quickly. I'm not going to keep you long. I thought y'all had more information about tithing. Uh, Three principles I want to share with you. The first one is called the principle of increase. The principle of increase. The principle of increase. The Bible says we reap and measure as we sow. We reap and measure as we sow. This principle needs not much explanation. Some people probably have a problem with it. But the farmer who sows much seed will have a better chance of a bigger harvest. You put more seed out there, there's a good chance you're going to get more return the investor who puts a large sum of money in the bank will collect more dividends. Amen. Amen. Amen? The more we invest in the work of the Lord, the more fruit, the Bible says, will abound to our account. Philippians chapter 4, verse 17 says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. This is Paul saying. He says, not that I seek the fruit, but I seek what? Uh, uh, excuse me, seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Paul is saying, "Your money ain't there yet, but it's going to be there when huh? Verse 18 says, "Indeed, uh, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice well-pleasing to God." You sent money to me. I ministered to you. We got a good exchange going. And what he's saying is, is that now I'm ministering to you so I can add to your account. All right? He goes on to say this now. He says that whenever you attempted to forget this principle, you need to be reminded that Romans 8.32 says that uh, he he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all. How shall we not with him also freely give us all things? In other words, Jesus was, he was the the first fruits and the Bible says that God didn't hesitate to give him up so that you could have a return on your investment. Amen? So here's what the Bible says now. It says that, well, let me give you some scriptures, and I'll, I'll talk with them. Talk with you as I go through them. In Proverbs 11:24, 24, the Bible says, There is one who scatters, yet increases more. Scatters and increases more. The more you put out there, the more it comes back. The Bible says, And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The more you hold on to, to, to what you call yours, listen, the least God can do with it. because he's able to multiply the seed, you can. So if you hold on to it, it won't grow. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in verse 25, the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will be watered himself. That's what the Bible says in the New Testament principle, that when we sow, then it releases Christ to sow into us. All right. Then Matthew chapter 7, verse 2 says, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. Now, we talked about this a little bit on Sunday, but this is what happens. The measure that you put out there, it comes back. But you only get back what you put out there. You don't put anything out there. Mm -hmm. then Mark chapter four, verse 23 says this. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. This is important. What does hearing got to do with, you know, my giving? Well, let's read a little further. Verse 24 says, "Uh, then he said to them, take heed to what you hear with the same measure you use. It'll be measured to you and to you who hear more will be given. Watch this. Faith comes by and hearing by the word of God, the more I hear, the more freer I become in releasing because I can believe God. See, the problem is I have to be able to believe him beyond what I just released. If I can only believe him for what's in my hand, I forget what First Chronicle says, all things come of thee. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'll, I'll read that to you later. But, but what, what I'm saying is, you can't, you, you can't say that I'm going to hold on to this because God gave it to you to begin with. He Amen. put it in your hand so that you could be tested. Yes. See if you're going to do the right thing. Amen? Amen. Verse 25 says this, for whoever has, for whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, now when we talking about it has been taken away from you, you held on to it. Yes. Amen. Amen. You squeezed that dollar so hard you can't even use it anymore. <laughs> so, so the Bible says that if you, if you try to hold on to it, there's no increase. The second principle is the principle of intent. The principle of intent. We reap as we sow with the right motive. We reap as we sow with the right motive. Notice this. Motive makes absolutely No difference to the farmer. If he sows good seed and has good weather, he'll reap a harvest. Wait a minute. Whether he is working for profit, pleasure, or pride. It's an agricultural thing. You put the seed out there, all the conditions are good, you get a harvest. Amen? Watch this. It makes no difference how he plans to use the money. (laughs) The harvest will probably come just the same. The Bible says that he causes the rain on the just and the unjust. When we talk about common grace, if you do all the principles that God spells out, they'll work. Hold on. Saved or unsaved. Amen. Oh, I'm asking you right up now. Well, Pastor, I don't need to get saved. Because if giving them uh, produce a harvest, huh, I'm just spinning my wheel. <laughs> but not so with the Christian. <laughs> Motive. And giving is virtually uh, vitally important. Our giving must come from a heart and a motive that gives us a heart to please God. Amen. We're giving for a different reason. The farmer is giving to get an increase for himself. We give so that we can extend the kingdom. Remember Amen. Amen. Hmm? So he says we must not be sad givers, those who give grudgingly, or mad givers, those who give because they have to out of necessity or dutiful givers. Yes. Now, we, I, I run across these in church all the time. And I got to tell you, uh, <coughs> I hear this a lot more. And some of y'all hear it too. When people get angry, they tell you how I give my tithe, I give my offering. I sure sure for all the service because they're they mad now. Mm-hmm. Everybody who's ever said that, mm-hmm. then all the stuff that they just did, all the money they just gave, that's for naught. Mm-hmm. They should have just kept it in their pocket. Mm-hmm. Because your confession retracted everything mm-hmm. that the money was designed to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. He said, but we should be cheerful givers, glad givers. And the Bible says (laughs) that we uh, cheerfully share what we have because we have experienced the grace of God. In other words, what he's saying is, my giving is not just for me. I'm giving so that Christ has the ability to do what he wants to do here in the earth realm. It's not so I can get a new house or a new car. Hmm? <laughs> but let me tell you something, and I'm not going to talk about it tonight because I said I was going to be quick. But that's why when you reach, to reach a point where you freely give, you live off the overflow. Amen. And when you get to the point that you can live off the overflow, it does not affect your quality of life when you give because you're giving from that, the leftovers. Do we understand this? And if you haven't reached, look, leftover over stage, you ain't been given. I tell you, and I, I use this all the time, when something in my house breaks down, I say, oh, blessing's coming. God wants me to have a little more money. That's right. So I had to buy a new washing machine, but he's going to give me that Plus, the broke-down washing machine was just a mechanism for him to say, I got you. I'm going to give you the washing machine, and then I'm going to give you a little extra. (laughs) We cannot give joyfully or hilarious... uh, Excuse me, if we cannot give that way, the Bible says we must open our hearts to the Lord and ask him to grant us his grace. If you have a hard time releasing, then you, you're not a grace giver. You're not operating in the grace of God because you're operating in self because it's hard. It's hard. And that's what people tell you. You expect a babe in Christ to say, it's hard. I don't have enough to pay my bills. Now, for everybody who says that, I don't have enough to pay my bills. (sighs) You ain't gonna like what I'm about to say. I just simply have one question for you. Who made the bills? So you didn't know when you were making that Loan for the car, the house, the new wardrobe. Huh? Trip to Israel and everything else. You didn't know that you didn't make enough money to do that? You know, I've heard people say many times, well, the bank should have known. Why would they? They don't care. They let me get the credit. Yeah. Yeah. They sure will because they know by and by and after a while, they're going to get their money. That's why y'all still paying for stuff you ain't got. (laughs) So if you're a stingy giver, you become a reluctant giver. That's what it says in verse eight. And the Bible says that uh, if you're a stingy giver and you're reluctant to give, then he says that that restricts God's flow. You, he can't, in other words, what you're doing is you're condensing the spigot so that the flow is restricted. What comes out, comes out in dribbles. See, I want mine coming out like a fire hose. I want it to knock me down. Huh? Overtake me. Generous givers, cheerful givers, the Bible says that they are free givers and they always have an overflow. They have showers of blessings, and they're flooded with abundance. Hmm? God can bless a gift that is given out of a sense of duty. Watch this now. But he cannot bless the giver unless his heart is right. You understand what I just said? So you put grain in the ground, you get a crop. Boom. Boom. You pay your 10%, you get to live. Another boom. But God cannot bless the giver unless his heart is right. Now, I don't want to go through Cain and Abel, but y'all know the story. God didn't have any respect for the offering, and as a result, Cain had some issues. Y'all still with me? And so we think that, that if I'm, I'm still here, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. That's fine. That's why the Bible says the pool you have with you. Because some people are not going to give but just so much. All right. So grace-giving means that God blesses the giver as well as the gift. And... That allows the giver to be a blessing to others. That's that overflow. You get enough so you can be taken care of and you can help somebody else. Hmm? One last one. The principle of proximity. The principle of proximity. We reap even while we are sowing. Sowing. The farmer has to wait for the harvest, but the believer who practices grace-giving uh, begins to reap the harvest immediately. Now, notice the Bible says in uh, Luke six thirty-eight, give and shall be... Uh, it didn't say after seed time and harvest, Are you with me? Amen. It's given, it shall be given to you. Mm-hmm. Amen. I put it out there, it comes right back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, There are long-range benefits from our giving, but there are also immediate blessings, mm-hmm. and the Bible calls them the universals. What, what are the universals? Sound like a uh, one of them, uh, D.C. movies, done it? Well, the universals are in verse 8. All grace, hmm? always having what? All sufficiency and all things. Having abundance for every good work. That's the universals. While I'm giving, that's a process. That's a round robin. It keeps going. I give, he gives. I give, he gives. I give, he gives. I give, he gives. And every now and then you have an unction to give a little more because you need to expand out a little more. You need to go a little further out there. But let me tell you what else. Sometimes you have a desire to give more and you wonder why. You know, I wonder why the Lord's talking to me because you know when the Lord tells you to give some more, you say, the devil's a liar. But the truth is, you don't know what's coming down the road, and he does. He's already, that's why he called the Bible says he's our provider, because he has already gone before and he's seen what's coming down the road. So he's talking to you. You might want to put a little more in right now. Come on, you got you just got that tax return. Oh no, I ain't talking to y'all about that. But anyway, you might <laughs> you might want to do a little something special for God. And somebody said, Well, I don't know, huh? I ain't feeling that. I think I'm going to just save it. Now, let me stop. I'm the first one to tell you, you need to save. Okay? You need to save. Don't ever spend all your money. Let me take a one-minute commercial here. You should never, ever, ever, ever be broke. Amen. What does that mean? You never spend the last you have. Never. If you spend the last you have, you have no seed. Amen. Every good farmer knows that when you get ready to plant, you got to lay some seed to sow. huh? You got to have some seed to start. Amen. Amen. You can't spend your last dime. Amen. Nobody. But pastor, that's my emergency fund. Don't have an emergency that broke that breaks you. Broke you. <laughs> you cannot spend your last dime. You don't know where it's coming from, especially if you're, if you're spending it out of your want or need. Y'all ain't listening to me. But pastor, I only have $100 in the bank. That's still $100 you wouldn't have if you gave it away. You hold on to that. Y'all? Okay. And for everything that you have the ability to give, you ought to give, save some of that too. Okay. I remember something uh, uh, Apostle Thomas said many, 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 many years ago. This is not, this is not about giving, but it is. He said, if the Lord blesses you with a good job, you should always save those days for ministry. If you have a good job, you should never say, I don't have any vacation days. Because I might need them. Amen. No, yeah. I say, okay. Next week we're going to D.C. We're gonna hang out with Massenburg. Well, oh, Pastor, I don't have no time. What do you mean you ain't got no time? I know you got time because I'm your pastor. So I'm your pastor. So you've been blessed. I know you got a job that gives you time off because I'm your pastor. Hello, somebody. So you squandered it? Oh, now, see, we, we, we act like that's a small thing. That's my time. Go ahead, keep holding on to it. Hmm? Now, God forbid, but suppose we're having a funeral. Somebody in the ministry died. You can't come to the funeral because you ain't got no time. You got to work. So we got to have the funeral in the evening or on the weekend so you can show up. No. Listen to what I'm saying to you. You bank those days. That's just like money. So when I'm talking about giving, I'm not just talking about your dollars You all should have known. Now, Bishop Thomas would call me up on my job. I'd be in my office. Phone rang. He said, bro, I need to go to D.C. He never say, can you get off? (laughs) Are you busy? He said, I need to be in D.C. Put my little stuff down. Tell the boss, uh, I'll be back tomorrow. (laughs) Off we go. And that's happened more times than I can count. He was not the kind of guy to tell you a week in advance that he was going somewhere. But he expected me to be where he was. Period. (sighs) Period. I need to leave this alone. Well, if you feel that way about it. <laughs> okay. All right. So we said uh, this does not mean that God makes every Christian wealthy in material things, but it does mean that the Christian who practices grace giving will always have what he needs when. He needs it. The amazing thing about faith in God and doing what you're supposed to do is that when that need pops up, you may not have the money, but you have been faithful in your giving. And because you are faithful, then that need will be met at the point that it is needed. I said, I got to have $300 by the 15th of the month. Well, it's not the 15th yet. Why are you sweating? Amen. you going to sweat sweat on the 16th. <laughs> <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Amen. It is in that time between, like today, what's today, the day? 8th, 7th? whatever it is today till the 15th, that's when most of us fall out of grace. Amen. We got to have the money, so now we got to run around and call, call a few of our friends. Look, can you, can you, can you help a brother out? And, and then by the time you get to the 15th, we have met the need ourselves, let, left God completely out of it Now, what does that mean for us? That means now we got to start the whole cycle all over again because you're going to pass this test. Amen. That's, it, that's, right. that's why, I listen, if your bank is the first call you make, you're going to keep calling the bank. You'll be calling the bank forever. If the first call you make is God, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey. I don't need the bank. One more time. Luke six thirty eight says, "Give and it shall be given to you." And how do you how do you get what he gonna give to you? He said, "Men." It, it, it <laughs> All right. Let's close with uh, First Chronicles. Let me close, 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 close. I told you I was gonna read that to you. First Chronicles chapter twenty nine. Yeah, let me find it in here. Joseph, yeah, first chronicles, okay. Here's what it says in uh where do I want to start? Let's start at verse nine. The Bible says, now now David has raised money for the church to build this 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 house he wants to build for God. And while he was having this fundraiser, people just Bought money from everywhere. (laughs) Verse 9 says, The people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because with a loyal heart. Now, what we said earlier about your heart, they had offered willingly to the Lord, and King David also rejoiced greatly. Verse 10 says, Therefore, David blessed the Lord, before all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is this greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Huh? Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, (laughs) and you are exalted as head over all. It says both riches and honor come from you. I got to read that one one more time. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might, and in your hand is also to make great and to give strength to all. Verse 13 says, now therefore, our God, we thank you. (laughs) It says, watch this, and praise your glorious name. In verse 14, that's where I want you to see, it says, but who am I, and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this. For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. Amen. <laughs> so we can, See, we can give this way because it was yours to begin with, God. You, let us, you loaned it to us. Now we're just paying you back. Amen. Amen. All right, come on, stand up on your feet. <laughs> Next week, we're going to continue to talk about grace-giving because there's so much information about free will offering. <laughs> free will Come on, let's prepare our hearts for an offering.